3: It's Wednesday morning. You know what that means? We are just one night away from Thursday night action, kicking off week two right here on NFL Network. One of the league's most storied rivalries, Saquon, is back, giving the Giants renewed hope. Chase Young has his squad ready to defend the division crown, probably given those G men nightmares. Saquon, can he get it going? at NFC East Showdown on Thursday night football at 8 p.m. Eastern only. On NFL Network, come on into our breakfast table. We're presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We've got a segment coming up. What's your beef? We're going to let it all out. If you guys have anything you want to share, hit us up at GMFB. My name's Kay Adams. Kyle Branch is here. Peter Schrager here, as always. And we've got one more day, three more hours with Tom Stevens. I'm
4: still here. Ah, good to see you, man. I'm good to be here, man. Excited.
3: Without further ado, it's time for Lee Buck. Time for Lee Let's do it. All right, Washington football team, they're playing tomorrow. They officially placed Ryan Fitzpatrick on injured reserve. That means Taylor Heineke expected to start tomorrow night against the Giants. Both head coaches asked yesterday about Heineke. Let's start with Ron Rivera and what he said that he's learned about Taylor, or Taylor since the uh, the day those two were hanging out together with the Panthers a few years back.
5: Well, I think just understanding the game even more so, you know, his importance and and the fact that he doesn't need to to put himself in harm's way. I think that's one of the things. If you watch the way he played, Um, he's learned to be patient, take what's given to him. Uh, And and, and I think he has a real good feel for when he takes his shots, too. Uh, We cannot sleep on
0: Heineke. This guy's a good player. This guy's a talented player. If guy goes out there and he plays 60 minutes, he's going to give us everything we can handle. We've got to be very prepared. We have to play very uh, sound. Very disciplined and very aware with him on the field.
3: Don't sleep on Heineke, apparently. Small sample size. They might really like him. Coach Rivera says they are not Thomas looking outside the building for an additional quarterback as of now. There is this former season MVP from, I think, back in 2015, was it? He's a free agent, recently released, Ron Rivera. Oh, that's weird. He knows him pretty well. Should Washington be looking to bring in Cam?
4: Listen. Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen were both my former teammates mm-hmm. in Carolina and also in Washington. And I know Coach Rivera very, very well. Right. And Coach Rivera is a guy that wants to win, and he wants to win right now. He's going to give these guys an opportunity, though. He feels like players deserve the opportunity mm. um, if they worked and earned it, right? So Taylor Heineke is a kid that, I mean, he, he's been with Coach for a while, and he he played well for Washington in the playoffs last year. But if he comes out against um, the Giants on Thursday night football and he don't play well and it's not looking good, Coach Rivera is going to go and really look hard at bringing Cam Newton in. He knows Cam very well. um, And like I said, he talked about it last last year before the, um, the, um, the Patriots picked Cam up. Before they signed him. You know, we had that discussion, and he talked about, you know, he had to see what Dwayne Haskins could do. Well, I'm Mm -hmm. looking at that as the same thing right now. He's looking at what Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen can do, and if it don't work out, I will not be surprised if he went and signed Cam. Should they? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Why? Because Cam is a guy that's proven, and he said it over and over. There are not 32 guys that's better than me, and I believe him 100%. He was my teammate. I know what he's going to bring to the table. I know how competitive he is. And I know that when he goes into that Washington franchise, he's going to make them a better team from day one.
6: Let's, let's set the context a little bit. So, what, 10 years with Cam probably you spent in the locker room with him? Yeah, and at R- least. Rivera wow. was the coach all those years. Uh, I remember there was an incident on a Sunday night in Seattle where Cam didn't wear a tie and Ron benched him for Derrick Like That wasn't Ron. That wasn't wrong. Okay, so we we're, let's open up because you're the Carolina Panther right. eyes and ears. That was Dave
4: Gettleman all day.
6: Okay, okay, so that was Gettleman. So let's ask you then on this one: Why hasn't he brought Kim in? And what's a, is that dynamic great? Like, are they?
4: Because if anyone in the world would know the relations player code, it's you. So I feel like the reason why he hasn't brought him in right now is because he don't want to be pressured into making the decision. And I feel like there's a ton of pressure on him to just to do just that. Because everybody feels like that's the right move. Coach Rivera is one of those—he's a prideful person. He want to make his own decision, and he want to make an educated decision based on what the guys that have worked hard and earned the opportunity within the organization, um, what they are able to do. And he's going to give them an opportunity to do that. And I promise you, if it's not going well, you can hear—you can hear all this stuff about we're not looking to go outside. But as soon as it goes bad—and not saying that it's going to go bad—but if it does. You'll hear Cam, Cam name come up for sure in the, few, in, the, in the near future.
1: One of the things he said last week, Cam himself, was that part of the reason he's not on a team or maybe teams were reluctant to bring him in is because he's Cam, because mm-hmm. he's a celebrity, because I'm Cam Newton, and maybe it's a lot to deal with. Maybe it's a bit of an eye roller. He's different from another guy bringing a locker room, right? His fame, his history. Like, how does that go over?
4: I mean, it, it's one of those things. It, it, it just comes with the territory. When you bring a Cam Newton into, into your roster, You're bringing everything that comes with it. And I think for so long, people have really conceived Cam in a certain way. Um, you know, as, as arrogant, mm-hmm. as being a guy that's about me, that he's none of that. He's a guy that's going to come to work each and every day. He's going to be there before anybody else. He's going to leave after everybody else. He's putting all the extra work in. But you never really see that get reported. You never see people talk about, you know, his work ethic or what he does. They talk about how he dresses. They talk about how he wears his hair. Yeah. And, and those are the things that you hear. You don't hear about how much he cares about his teammates, how much he does in the community every year. Those are the things that I know Cam Newton to be And When he comes into a franchise, like I said, they're going to become a better team, a better place, because Cam Newton is in it, and I can promise you that.
6: I'm kind of at the point where it's like, why not, right? Like, Mm -hmm. why not? You're not bringing him into a $100 million contract. I think, to your point, it's going to be a, a low investment for a great addition to the franchise, if ever there was a team to bring him in, I would think it's his first coach who was with him for all those years, right through the very end. But yet, he sticks with Heineke and Allen for this short week. I, there is history there, though. Let's go see Tyler. Let's see Heineke last year. You were on this Washington team. I mean, he, he was great against the Bucs last year. Yeah. Great. Toe-to-toe to toe with Brady. Toe-toe to, toe to toe with Brady. This game was awesome. It was a Saturday night game. No one gave him a shot. Of course, they were at home. And... and he was dealing, and this is to a lot of unknown wide receivers to the national audience, but he was running around, he was making plays, and then look, look at Kyle Allen, because a couple okay. years ago, I think, Thomas, you were in San Diego this season, or L.A., Kyle Allen, as an undrafted player, goes in and beats Kyler Murray in Arizona and balls out there, so like, I almost feel like Ron, yes, he knows Cam, but almost more recently, he knows these guys, and yeah. these guys are guys that... Maybe Norv and Scott Turner know well, too. Now, Norv was an offensive coordinator with Cam. He's still in Ron's ear, and they're still friendly. And then Scott is the offensive coordinator now in Washington, who's also in Carolina. I wonder if they're like, it's just, we we know what we got here. And yet, are we trying to do this or are we not? I would bring in Cam Newton. Why not? Let's at least see what we got. But they're going with these guys first.
1: Let me add a wrinkle, and this isn't necessarily should they, will they. Back in July, Ron Rivera was very outspoken and the Washington football team was around 50 percent on their vaccination level. Mm -hmm. The league was about 90. And Ron said, this is frustrating. Last year, we were great against this. And now, for whatever reason, guys are having a change of heart. You know, Ron has his own health issues. He feels very strongly. If you some coaches care more about the vaccine, than uh, nobody cares more out of 32 than Ron Rivera. Mm. So I talked to Albert Breer uh, a few weeks back and had. Vulgar, uh, R-rated thoughts about how the information is out there. Like Ron is one of these guys. No matter how we feel, you feel at home. Ron Rivera believes firmly in us. Last we heard, Cam Newton is unvaccinated. I I don't know if that jives with Ron. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Ron wants that in his quarterback room and his locker room with the risk that come in based on the rules that the league set. My personal belief is still that the unvaccination status played a role in his leaving the Patriots. And I think it might play a role in him not joining Washington.
4: I, I can agree with that 100%. I was, I was there in Washington when Coach Rivera went through his whole cancer battle. Okay. And 100%. If any person that's going through a situation like that would be skeptical about bringing somebody in that's that not vaccinated that could potentially cause me harm. And mm-hmm. you got to understand that. And I understand that. And I'm pretty sure the players on that team understood that. That's why that number went from 50%. To the upper 90s percent for that football team.
3: There's so much more we want to get to. I want to get get your thoughts on what Cam said about being a big personality in the locker room. If you agree with that, how much that played in, how much the vaccination status played in. But let's bring in our veteran Ian Rappaport, our insider this morning. My Saints, Ian. Let's talk about it. They're dealing with some issues with COVID. What's the latest?
7: Yeah, the New Orleans Saints are in the intensive COVID-19 protocols, which means increased testing, uh, increased mask wearing, all because they have a COVID-19 issue mostly centered around their coaching staff. As Tom Pelissero reported yesterday, they have six assistant coaches, no coordinators, but six assistant coaches who have tested positive for COVID-19. Important to know, all coaches, all staff members are fully vaccinated for the New Orleans Saints. They also have a team nutritionist, who tested positive for COVID-19, and star receiver Michael Thomas, who is, of course, not on the active roster as of right now. He is on the PUP list. So as far as players right now, as it stands this moment, they do not have a player affected uh, by COVID-19 as far as on the field this weekend against the Carolina Panthers. They do not have a 100% vaccination rate for their players. They do for their coaches. It's close for their players, obviously, for those who are unvaccinated, especially we will be keeping our eye on. Also worth noting that the Saints are still in Fort Worth, still practicing, still away from home. The word now, initial words that these positives may not necessarily affect where, uh, who they actually, who coaches on Sunday, uh, but obviously we'll be following that as we get right up to the game.
3: Man, it's always something with yeah. my Saints. Thank you so much, Ian Rappaport. Talk to you in a bit. Appreciate you giving us the headlines. Selva will join us with more of those for you on this Wednesday morning good morning football jamar chase joining the program and i have to face him after saying all about that chase that'll be really fun for me it's time for some whiteboard wednesday no cheating thomas davis
2: never
4: ever Mm -hmm. cheat
3: monday night football wrapped up what a thrilling overtime situation there in las vegas it had us on the edge of our seats the week two matchup that will have the most exhilarating ups and downs will be which game
6: <laughs> Yesterday we came in the show and we were all a little hazy-eyed because we watched that Monday Night game yeah. all night. And then Derek Carr gave an incredible response to the way the game went like this. Let's take a listen to Derek Carr in the post-game press conference after the Raiders beat the Ravens on Monday night.
4: I said, after ESPN after the game, I was like, it feels like my career. It's just, <laughs> it's like, yes, <"Yeah>, crap. <laughs> I was like, gosh, dang. <laughs> <hey." laughs> um, you know, but you know, we we won the game, man. You know, and it, it feels so good. So, especially to win the first one, playing a team like this, a defense like this, and a a superstar like Lamar, you know it's going to be a tough fight.
6: I I thought the humility Hmm. of Carr saying that his career has been like, yes, oh, crap. Like, I think it says a lot about him as a guy. He's self-aware. He knows what time it is. Raiders at Steelers. Steelers, an incredible defensive effort week one against the Bills where they made the MVP favorite look rudderless. Here comes Carr into Pittsburgh, which is not an easy place to play. Terrible towels. Renegade. The whole thing. Derek Carr, let's keep it up here. Let's not do a crap. Imagine the Raiders win this game, and they start off the season with wins over the Ravens, and then at Pittsburgh, we will be hyped, and so will Raider Nation. Raiders at Steelers—that's the game I cannot wait for. for it's on Sunday.
4: That's a good one. Right? Hey, and I, hey, I like the little touch at hey, the top. Trying
6: to get one more follower. I
4: like right, it. I got to get like you a it. million. <laughs> but I disagree. Okay. Okay. Um, the game I think that is going to be more of a roller coaster game is without a doubt the Titans and the Seahawks. Get into it. And the reason why I say that, when you look at this Titans team and what they did in week one, they didn't play up to anybody's expectations. But when they come out this week, they're going to try to right some of those wrongs that they had. And we know how well Russell Wilson and Seattle starts their season out every year. Mm -hmm. They're going to be a team They're going to come out and they're going to do some of the same things they did last year. Well, Tennessee is going to play much better than they did. So it's going to be a back-and-forth battle, up and down. And I think ultimately... The Tennessee Titans are going to oh, win that game. Okay. I like yeah. it. They're oh, going to bounce wow. back. They have too much to talent on that team not to get the job done. Oh, I the job and done. I made my yeah, prediction. Games in Seattle. The that is a really good answer. Oh, no. And yet, I think I have the best
1: answer because mine is the soonest. I'm going to go right here. The football team versus the Giants. Company man. Who are these quarterbacks? I don't know. Daniel Jones. I don't think he's going to give us a sound bite like Derek Carr. Maybe Heineke will. I, this one could get absolutely wild. New quarterback on a short week. Daniel Jones coming off a bad loss on a short week. And this is what this is where they really creeps me out. I hate even saying that out loud. One of these teams is going to be 0-2. I hate that. Like 0-2. What the hell happened? Crap, you fell out of the gates. The Washington Football Team versus the New York Giants Football Team I, tomorrow night. Let's go
3: at GMFB with your thoughts on this Whiteboard Wednesday. We've got uh, the next one coming up right now. Uh, I will admit I missed the season premiere of the Manning Brothers broadcast Mm. on Monday night. Um, I was busy asking Jimmy Fallon about fumbling issues in the Patriots backfield at the Met Gala. I missed it, but I didn't even have to see you guys to know that the approval rating was through the roof. My Twitter feed full of it. Uh, if it was a Rotten Tomatoes rating, it would be like 99%. Everybody loved it. They had guests like Russell Wilson. They had Ray Lewis, Charles Barkley. I cannot wait to see this next episode because I missed it. I want to see who hangs out with Eli and Peyton during the broadcast. I want to ask you guys who should be the next guest. Plain and simple, next week, dream guest.
8: Okay,
6: what I liked about it was that they brought Ray Lewis in on a Ravens game. So you suddenly have this insight about his relationship with Lamar, and he's talking about what the Ravens meant as a defense when they played Peyton. We've got Rodgers on Monday night, and I can go a million Mm. ex teammates. I feel like the guy he talks to most right now is Pat McAfee, the punter from the Colts. They go on air every Tuesday, and McAfee gets the best out of Mm -hmm. Rodgers. Now, if he's saying all that on air with McAfee, what does Rodgers tell McAfee off air? My pick would be getting McAfee, put him back on ESPN, where I think he was for a little bit, get him back on there and let him tell us some stuff that he knows about Rodgers. Not necessarily the X's and O's, more what's going on up here and psychologically and in Rogers' world. McAfee seems to be the, uh, the bird in the, in the wire on this one. I'm we're a, he's friends uh, with Peyton, too.
1: He is. Yesterday, we were like, what was with that interception in the red zone? And Rogers was like, I blame that on a shot to the bleeps that I took. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's, that's the McAfee that's a great magic.
4: One. Tom. What do you got, Tom? Um, mine was, you know, I kind of made this a little personal. So I'm going with MJ, Michael okay. Jordan, the right. GOAT. I know MJ is an avid football fan. Sure. We got Lil Wayne, who's also an avid football fan. But if you look right here, I added myself. Wait, wait, let me get it right <laughs> here. There you go. <laughs> over here. Yeah. If you look right here, I added me because I feel like when you get two of my favorite people that I look up to a lot... I mean, I want to join him. I want to be a part of that. So, What would you yeah. want That's to talk a group. about? Um, just talk about football. You know, yeah. I, would, I would love to be on there with LeWayne, who's oh, an avid Green Bay Packer fan. <laughs> yes. It would be a great opportunity to see what his, his thoughts were on week one. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: MJ, a much bigger football fan over the last year or so, too. There's some developments that he loves in the game. Um, <laughs> let's get right to it. We're going to bust some chops. You can have the superstars and everything. Let's get to all of it. Bring it in right now. Here we are. I'm in the third Pro Bowl. I just threw a touchdown pass to Jerry Rice, and we're talking about our idiot kicker who got liquored up and decided to run his mouth. And you know what? The worst part is, Lynn, the worst part? He's a great kicker, but he's an idiot. Mike Vanderjack, let's, let's confront the whole Pro Bowl rant, the whole ridiculousness that happened back in the playoffs, I don't know, 16, 17, 18 years ago. If we're going to let our hair down and show our warts and let everyone I everyone know. knows, bring on Mike Vanderjack, wherever he might be, and let's discuss the rant and the rebuttal because it was incredible, one of Peyton's funniest moments, I thought. United Way aside, then the kick it, kicker idiot is my favorite.
3: <laughs> well, you're welcome, Peyton producers. We just did your job for yep. you, bookers. There you go. Uh, let's talk about this. Because this is really important and relevant. 56 years ago. 56. (laughs) Today. Wow. The TV series I Spy debuted. (laughs)
1: Sure. Everyone knows where they were.
3: On yeah. the network, NBC, everyone remembers where they were when that, day, when that happened. 56 66 years. Years
1: is not a big anniversary, but for I Spy, <laughs> you do it. You have to. For I Spy, you know.
3: So 37 years later, we got years. a movie remake of that very show, starring one Owen Wilson and one Eddie Murphy. I'd like to know your favorite remake movie or TV show of all time. What would be my favorite this is an absurd Favorite one. T-
6: up this is the worst like anniversary peg to. we've ever done. Fifty-six years ago, I Spy, but then thirty-seven years later, there was a remake. Madison so what's? Now. No one cares about the movie. None of us saw
3: the, show, no, saw the show. The
6: worst peg we've ever done, which makes it the
1: best. What's which, the plot? What, which, is this, what is this? I don't know. I've spy, never seen it.
3: Like, I, I don't know. I know the children's
1: game. <laughs> I don't, <know. laughs> I don't too. With my little eye, yes. I don't know. No. No. I, I have um, no idea.
3: Thomas
6: Davis, I'll bring you in here. Are you a big fan of the British version of The Office?
4: Never seen it. No, yeah, huh? I
6: didn't. I didn't. Um, all right, so the British version of The Office came out on the BBC, and it was with Ricky Gervais, and it was this incredible sensation, and it was one right. of these things where, like, did you did you see this show? Like, no one else, like, an underground hit. Yeah. And everyone loved it. It had 100%. It won all, it won all the Emmys. And then we heard... We're bringing it to America, and we're going to put an American spin yeah. on it, and it's going to be just like that one, and we're going to get the guy from 40-Year-Old Virgin to play mm-hmm. Ricky Gervais. And everyone rolled their eyes, like, this is going to be a disaster. Yeah. Who is this guy, Dwight, and why? And there, Rain, Wilson, Who who's that? W- guess what? It was awesome. I think the American version of The Office not only holds up against the British version. Careful, oh, Peter, oh, careful. Oh, oh. It might be better than the British version, which was only a couple seasons and had the Christmas special. This one went nine seasons. Shout out to everyone on the British side of it, but I I might like the American version of The Office more than the British version. That's great. I'm I'm proud of
1: you for
4: saying that.
6: Hot take. It's very easy. to. I like the original.
1: What's next? You're going to say a movie was actually better than the book? You can't say that. What do you got, Thomas? (laughs)
4: Listen, one of my favorite movies growing up was White Men Can't Jump. Talk Mm -hmm. about it. And, you know, usually when you have movies, the remake is never usually better than the first one, but... My former teammate, Ryan Khalil, is going to produce this thing, so I got to go with the White Men Can't Jump remake that's coming out. Shout out to Ryan Khalil, man. I cannot wait to see this one, buddy. What's happening? Are, are, like, are Wesley and Woody back? Or, like, what's what's going to go on? Um, it's it going to be some surprises, man. Ryan, huh? you know, kind of talked to me about a few things, and I'm excited about it. So hopefully when it comes hey, back. Major movie gonna or, gonna like, he's
6: it. putting it together? Like, what are we talking about? Like, he's Ryan oh, Ryan like, is Like, the in, remake of White Maked
4: Ryan is in that world. He's a USC yes, guy, right? Yes, in California. yes, yes. He, he's okay. big time, man. Ryan has a ton of things going on. I'm excited about I
1: it. I love that. Love as long as one character tells another characters that their mom is an astronaut, like I've been on that. still don't understand that one, but I've used it on my friends. Uh, if you guys watch this, I, it's awesome. I love the Cobra Kai remake. It's unbelievably self-aware and clever. And I just have to say, the guy on the right, William Zabka, took a one-dimensional bully character from 35 years ago and made him into a beautiful, deep, layered character called Johnny Lawrence, who drives around Ventura Boulevard in his t-top, listening to Bon Jovi, and can't get over the past. At one point, he goes to a, a, a one of these um what, what do you call when you, you bring something in for money you bring here you can have my vcr give me 20 bucks a pawn shop a pawn shop and he tries to get a computer and, a the, and the guy behind shop. the pawn shop goes you've never owned a computer <laughs> and johnny goes no i'm not a nerd like it's just it's so funny and so well done and william zapkin ralph macho you guys are the best cobra kai is really good watch it
3: oceans 11 was a remake
1: cool. yeah, yeah. yeah. frank sinatra cobra.
3: Nope. The oh, yeah. know that. Yeah. Did you know that? Nope. Nope. Yeah. Uh, did we miss any? Those were three excellent answers. Cobra Kai, haven't streamed it yet. Gotta really get good. on Netflix and get that to happen at GMFB with your thoughts, best remake, TV, movie, whatever.
0: Good morning. Football is presented by Old Trapper. What's your beef?
1: That's the question. There's the treasure chest, the old Trapper beef jerky. It's beautiful, it's spicy, it's tender, it's loaded with protein. I ate about two pounds of it last weekend, a pillowcase-sized bag. We love it. We all celebrate the old Trapper here at the table. And it brings us to what's your beef. So, long tradition in Las Vegas uh, of having a great night. And just getting caught up in the moment, the euphoria, you know? We should do this every weekend. <laughs> Let's get a place here. Are you in? You in? If we Let's all do split it. it. We all split. It makes sense. Um, <laughs> so you get really big. You, you make some money on the tables. And just as you're going to bed it's to the elevator bank, you stop. You're like, I think I'm just going to put it all on black. <laughs> Why not double my money? There's all kinds of ways that this happens. Jasmine, are you allowed to date clients? at all? At anything you want. <laughs> And even if you have a huge win on Monday Night Football, I think John Gruden was feeling it, yeah. and I think he got caught up a little bit
5: in that Vegas euphoria. Well, we threw it 60 times probably, you know, and if you threw it 60 times, you know, you'd probably target him 29 times. So we, I thought he mishandled a ball or two uncharacteristically. He had a penalty call back, a big catch and run. Uh, he's the best player I've ever coached. <laughs>
1: All right, John's feeling it. Darren Waller appears to be an excellent player, but hold the phone. Best player I've ever coached. John, we love you. Great night. Great night. The reason you have that job and that job security is you've been around for a while and you coach some guys who can play ball. Darren Waller aside, why don't we just take a quick glance at some players that Darren Waller is better than? Ronde Barber! He played some pretty good football in the league. Is Darren Waller better than him? Mm. I don't know. Uh, Tim Brown. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. <laughs> He's no Waller. Not this year. Is John Lynch any good? Like, did he play any ball? It's a Super Bowl patch in his jersey. Uh, Charles Woodson, maybe a top 10 pound-for-pound
6: player ever. Is Darren Waller better than Woodson? It's, could that guy play? Is that Rice? Jerry Rice. It's Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. I think he's voted number one all time by the NFL. What about Seabass? Where's
1: he? I don't even know Waller Seabass. And even if you get into Gruden's long coaching resume, like, John Gruden was at Pitt for a year, and Coach Curtis Martin. Like, it's... Coach Favre in Green Bay. Yeah, and so, he got excited, and I get it, but this is like, all right, so Martin Scorsese's got this movie coming out, Killers of the Flower Moon. And imagine if Scorsese was like, I have to tell you, this Jesse Plemons is the best actor I have ever directed. It's like, Marty, you had De Niro and Pacino. love Landry. I wish Julia Child was around so she could say that this impossible burger is the best food I've ever eaten. (laughs) All right? Darren Waller, if we want to say that he's a better tight end than George Kittle or he's in the conversation with Travis Kelsey, of course. But John, my God, Jerry Rice, Charles Woodson, on and on. It's Vegas. It's fun. You earned it. But someone take Coach to the Bellagio buffet, get a little food in his stomach, and then over to the steam room and sweat it out a little bit. That's my beef, John. Let me just reel that one back, or double down and say he's the greatest human being to ever lived. Darren Waller, your coach loves you,
6: Kyle. Yes. You didn't mention Derek Brooks. No, I. Not not rude. You didn't mention Warren Sapp. Oh, yeah. These are Hall of Famers. Mm-hmm,
4: mm-hmm. Darren Waller better than all of them. What do you think about that, Thomas? No, sir. <laughs> What's Come he on. talking about? Listen, he wasn't yeah. kidding. Hey, listen. If I'm Darren Waller, I'm listening to this uh-huh. and I'm taking it straight to my agent. Okay. If I'm the best player <laughs> you ever coached, then it. I need to be the highest paid player that you ever had.
3: <laughs> <That's a nice laughs> great take. It's so, so great. true. Great take. So and, great. Yeah, use that. Print that one out and put it on his desk. Uh, this is what this is what Gruden does. Is he the most hyperbolic NFL coach we have? Yeah. We did a little digging. He says he, quote, cried for three days after the Khalil Mack trade. For three days, Kyle. <laughs> In 2019, he said this about a week five win over the Bears. It was a London game. Quote, I'm 56 years old. That's the most fun I've ever had tonight, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, dude, you won a Super Bowl and you have a Hooters sponsorship. Like, that's that not the fun. most fun you've ever had. Okay. He also said leading up to last year's game against Atlanta, the Falcons are, quote, the best 3-7 and seven team <laughs> I've ever seen. Though there might be something to that one because the Raiders Lost 43 to 6. So yeah, maybe, yeah, got got there. Crushed, so maybe there was something to that one. But yes, king of hyperbole, John yeah.
1: Green. And you, you, I remember him on Monday night. That was always the thing, is that every guy was the great. And it's always, this guy can be on my team any day. And you're like, Rock Cartwright? Like, if he's a good player, like that's the guy.
6: This yes. <laughs> Connor Cook, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? That's yeah. the thing.
1: But we so. love
3: Darren Waller.
6: We all love, love Darren Waller. Love. This could be any player in the NFL. Yes, the, the Darren Waller's yeah.
4: And I will say that I love John Gruden because I was literally five minutes away from signing with the Raiders last year before I signed with Washington. What happened? But I was almost a Raider, and then Ron Rivera called me. Uh, really? Okay, yeah. yeah, like we we had, Thomas
2: can I ask you? we had talked
4: numbers, we had everything, like and and. Literally, a part of me did not want to be in Vegas because, you know, I I love Vegas. I love, you know, sitting at the tables from time to time. But I I was literally going to be a Raider, and then Ron called, and I just ended up in Washington for my last time. Can I ask, are you done done? If Ron called you or if John
6: called you and said, hey, we got one more run in you, are you done done?
4: Listen, I don't care if Kansas City Chiefs call me, if Tampa Bay call me, <laughs> I am done. Okay, I am. It's over with. My body won't let me do it no more. Mm. I
3: love that you say it to the camera. <laughs> right into the lens. Right, so everybody yeah, like, Loud so and it clear. Is crystal clear. Yeah. Uh, we talked about the most exhilarating game. You picked Steelers-Raiders, yes. so let's break that one down with our very own Aditi King-Cabral. It's time for today's Wake Up Call, presented
8: by Verizon. Okay, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin decided to take the glass half full approach when it came to the new offense his team unveiled in that week one Sunday upset of the Bills. Now did Ben Roethlisberger have more time to throw the ball than he did a year ago? No. Did Ben Roethlisberger connect on any deep balls, something that plagued him and his receivers a year ago? No. Did the Steelers run the ball any better than they did all of last season when they were worst in the NFL? No, but Tomlin said that there were definitely some positive signs, especially when it came to his very green and very young offensive line.
5: I love the spirit in which they worked. Um, I love the demeanor in which they worked. I love the physicality in which they worked. The quality of our work has to get better. We have to develop skill relative to that position. We gotta develop individual and collective know-how and cohesion. Um, but the will things, the intangible things that that are that are very required in order to progress. I saw, and so. Um That was encouraging.
8: Now, that young offensive line certainly will have a challenge in front of it when the Raiders come to town on Sunday. Tomlin said that it was the Raiders' defensive front that was the catalyst for splash in the Raiders' overtime win over the Ravens Monday night. And he said that it's not just about defensive end Max Crosby. He said we better be prepared for all of those men.
3: It is an exciting matchup. It certainly is. Thank you so much, Didi. I could listen to Mike Tomlin talk all day. Both these teams, exciting week one wins. And then they face each other on Sunday. Which player from the Steelers or Raiders are we most excited to see even more of in week two? Who you want more of?
1: I'm going to go with Max Crosby. What a game. Uh, and I want this guy to be a superstar. I think we all do. And you say, he had more. He had two sacks. in a big game. I want more. I want this the guy to be in the running for defensive player of the year. I want him to win a sack title. He had two sacks. Chandler Jones at five, unfortunately. Like you're not in that conversation round. Go get two more. Like, I, I this guy has the character, the personality, the backstory, being a fourth round pick, and the name to be a really cool season-long story. You gotta do it every single week. Go get Big Ben. I want two more sacks from Max Crosby. Yeah,
4: that's a good one. But Thanks. for me, I'm going with Melvin Ingram out of the Steelers game. When he played against the Bills this past week, a lot of people were talking about, you know, what is he gonna be able to do? He's been hurt the last couple of years. Um, But Dupree is gone. Melvin made Steelers fan completely forget about him. He came out. He had eight pressures. um, Had a couple of opportunities for sacks. He got held. Mm -hmm. Um, He he forced the fumble. Melvin was excellent in that game. And I feel like along with T.J. Watt and what they're able to do, they can become the best tandem in the league if they keep playing the way that they did. It's well
3: said. My pick for uh, offensive rookie of the year, Thomas, was Najee Harris. And the Bills did a good job of Sort of bottling him up a little bit. We know the offensive line's an issue. The uh, the Bills kept him under wraps. Just 45 yards, guys. 45 yards on 16 carries. It wasn't great. So, as my preseason pick for rookie of the year, I'd like to see him unleashed and really do his thing up against the Raiders, right?
6: You know, the Steelers started six different rookies in this game, and they beat the Bills in Buffalo. And Najee, of course, was one of them. Friar Muth, we know, is the the tight end now. But mm-hmm. they started a rookie at left tackle, and he held his own. Yeah. Dan Moore Jr. is, is his, his name. name. Dan Moore Jr., fourth rounder out of Texas A&M. To be starting on Ben Roethlisberger's offensive line as his blindside guy in your first year and to now have to face Yannick Ngakwe and Max Crosby Uh and what the Raiders bring from their pass rush... Dan Moore Jr. really did well his first game, but gosh, what a huge responsibility! He's been Roethlisberger's blindside tackle all season long. He's number one. Let's see what he's got in the second week. We've
3: got some exciting games on the week two slate. It all kicks off tomorrow in the, uh, in the NFC East, of course, down in Washington. The Washington Football Team welcoming the Giants to town. We'll have more on that in a little bit. Also, I cannot tell you guys how many fantasy football questions I got for Which Guy Wednesday that were Jameis Winston or Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Jameis Winston against Aaron Rodgers. We will sort all of that up next.
6: Justin Fields and your points.
0: Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G Advanced Network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device, coverage, and access details at tmobile.com.
2: What's up? I'm John Wall.
5: And I'm CJ Toledana, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari.
2: We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows a bust. busted. Can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it.
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings, YouTube, or wherever
2: you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my, my game. Bro. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble.
3: Week one is over. Time to figure out who's going into your fantasy lineups. we well, week two. Let's answer some of these questions. I was a little bit, you know, it was a, little, it was a wonky week one. Kyle Pitts, Michael Pittman Jr. Really pushed those guys hard on you guys uh, on you for week one. So I'm here to make it better. We've got some really close cases of which guy Wednesday Peter, which one did you pick?
6: Let's get right into it. And thanks it, for Kay. the tweets. This is what we ask you guys to tweet K, and then we will answer them on the show. I'm going to bring up. Hezekiah Peter, who writes, after last week, can I trust Aaron Rodgers? Oh, boy. Am I better off starting Winston in this place? Now, Kay, a couple weeks ago, you said, draft Winston in fantasy. Maybe don't start him, but have him on your roster. Well,
3: yeah. And now you have these crazy decisions week in, week out. Are you going to get five touchdowns, no interception, Uh, Jameis Winston with the coaching staff that has COVID in Carolina? I don't know, but what we do know. Let's not get carried away. Let's see where these two are going as far as Week 2 rankings are first. They're closer than I'd expected, and they're probably going to get even closer as we edge towards game day. The thing about Aaron Rodgers is that he has the Lions, an extra day to prepare for said Lions on Monday night. And what do we know? Who does he always torch, Kyle? The Lions? The Lions. He really does. Every time they play and each the other. Yeah, and the Bears. But really the Lions. Uh, when you go through the numbers, Rodgers has never had two bad statistical games in a row in his entire career. Ever. No, ever. We looked. Aaron Rodgers bounces back better than any quarterback I've ever seen. Therefore, yeah, there might be games where I'm tempted. I'm looking. Week four, Rogers has the Steelers. Jameis has the Giants. I might look at that, and that might be a more interesting uh, situation here. Not this week. Rogers over Jameis. Mm.
4: Up next, we have Adam who asks Tyson Williams or James Robinson.
3: Okay, this is a close call. So, in the rankings right now, Robinson is actually going ahead of Williams. I think I'd go with Tyson here. He was in a true split with late ad, new ad, Latavius Murray, who's always a threat at the goal line, as we know. But, he was the more effective back. He did a lot with the carries that he was given in that split backfield. And he had a touchdown. 94 total yards on 12 touches. James Robinson was great. He averaged seven yards per touch. But he only got the ball eight times. Why? Because the Jags got buried. Aren't we a little bit worried, Thomas, just game script-wise, game flip, that's going to happen again against the Broncos? Yeah. You, By the way, the Broncos did a pretty good job of bottling up Saquon Barkley last yeah, You game.
4: have to factor that in. Those are some of the things that you have to look at, especially when you – thinking about the running back position. you got to see who adds value Mm -hmm. in the passing game as well as running the ball because sometimes teams get forced to not be able to run the ball as much, so you got to have a guy that can catch the ball out of the backfield as well.
3: It's true. I just think with that Denver defense looked really good against the Giants, and I just think game script, Jags are going to have to throw a lot. I would steer away from James Robinson and go with Tyson, who looked good, was efficient and should be effective.
6: The big 34-yard run. He had the fourth and one, and he just mm, bolted. Sure. Like, that yeah, guy's it was got wrong. something.
1: I thought about putting in a waiver claim for him, but I'm scared of the Latavius factor. I, know, I did it on the downs. Eli kid in San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. I like him, so hopefully I have the first place waiver, of course. Did
6: um, <laughs> not do so well
1: this week. Huh? No, nah, never, never. I'm terrible at fantasy. I've been saying that for five years. Lastly, though, you always
3: want the asteroid.
1: I do. One of these years, I'm gonna get the it. The Eli kid. The Eli. Was it Eli? Was it Eli Mitchell? Oh, okay.
3: Well, Brian Tannehill didn't help me out last. Eli Mitchell. Anyway. Oh, no.
1: Brady Boyer, are you any good at fantasy? Maybe not. You're asking a television show for help, but that's what we like. Uh, You got Jamar Chase and Julio Jones, and Brady wants to know which one.
3: This is an interesting one, right? Yeah. Because think about it, Kyle. They had two very different opening weeks. One's a vet, one's a rookie. Mm -hmm. Jamar Chase had an excellent week. Uh, A touchdown, a breakout situation, and Julio Jones was bottled up to the tune of, what, three catches? Three catches. Three catches for 29 yards. Jamar Chase had over 100 and a tug. So, Julio going up against... Don't, why, why are you giving me eyebrows, this, Thomas?
4: It's easy. Who? Easy. Who would you pick? Did you not see who Jamar Chase is playing against? I know. I, uh, Did we not watch the this game is, that they just had against the Rams? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to leave them wide open, so you might as well just... Go ahead and pick Well, thank you safe. for
3: answering my entire question. That is it. The Bears gave up the third most points to wide receivers in week one. We all saw what the Rams were able to do. Cooper Cup absurdly open at, at will, scoring, of course, with Matthew Stafford. So, of course, we're going to go Joe Burrow instead of our guy Julio, who has the Seattle Seahawks, who I think are still the number one defense mm-hmm. from like week eight on and through week one of uh, 2021. So, yes, absolutely. Roll with Jamar Chase, who was just on our show saying he wants to break all of the records. What do we told think of Jamar critics Chase. to
1: enjoy the show. He's has About cool. the whole catching, you know, he, everyone was on him in the preseason, including this show, about drops. And we said, what do you have to say to people out there after your 100-yard debut and you didn't have any drops? Just enjoy the show. He's young. He's cool. He's talented as hell. And, um... My God, that Bears secondary looked bad. Can they look really...
3: better? Like, it... Look,
6: I listed the names, and I, I got dragged by a lot of Bears fans. Like, you don't yeah. know these. I was like, Kindle Vindor is covering Cooper Cup. Like, that was some insult. I wasn't trying to insult Kindle. Vindor. I was like, it's not Kyle Fuller. Yeah. It's not Charles Tillman. It's not your old Bears defensive uh-huh. backfield. And Chuck Pagano's not there anymore. So now it's... Sean Desai, a first-year coordinator, and yeah. this Cincinnati offense is humming, and I think the Chase and Burrow connection is, like, real. They had it in college, and they true? brought it right to the
3: poll. I ask you this. Is the non-chemistry real with Julio Jones? Does he just need time to really? settle into that offense? Is it the Todd Downing thing? I, I, we talked about, Todd, yeah. about those changes in this offense from a fantasy perspective this offseason.
6: I can't, after one week, say that Tannehill, who's been a really good quarterback, and Julio Jones aren't going to be able to figure it out, but – if I'm banking on one connection this uh-huh. week between the two, I would go burn. Can I make a point about Julio, though? Sure. Julio got
1: lambasted by his head coach Us. after one game, and not for his play. Weirdly, his yeah. Julio Jones got a personal foul, and Mike Vrabel veered out of his lane to tee off on him in the press conference. So I don't know if Julio's ever heard that in his life. Maybe Nick Saban back in the I don't know. But he was called out, like, as a guy and as a player. So, like, Julio, like, have a week, man.
3: Would you play Rodgers over Jameis? That's, like... Well Sophie's here's a choice thing. for you.
1: I'll take it, I'll take it my own, my own uh, angle. I love having Monday night players. It's fun to be yeah. down and come absolutely surging that back. That's
3: terrifying. Oh, it's I awesome.
1: I'm down 40, but I got Rogers and a kicker. I think I can do but it. But then
3: you got this one, crying about Mark Andrews versus Justin Tucker. All right, Morgan Morning Football on the way. What a week it was for rookies. Trey, you're up. So yep,
6: yeah, we're gonna talk about the top five rookies from Sunday afternoon. Fabulous five. Five, baby. Mr. Shregorian's Wonder Emporium. <laughs> At number five of the best rookie performances from week one, it is Chargers offensive tackle, Rashawn Slater. Okay. talk about Rashawn here. Sean Slater held his own against, oh, I don't know, maybe the best defensive end in all of football. Sean Slater went out there in his first career start, and he kept Chase Young away from the quarterback, from the running back, and kind of dominated number 99 from Washington. Let's go to number four on the list. Number four on the list of our best rookie performances. I'm going with Dolphins rookie wide receiver, Jalen Waddle. He had four catches for 61 yards, but he was all over the field, making plays, turning small passes into big yards. When it mattered most, two needed to connection, and he found Jalen Waddle. And then around the goal line, hey, let's get it to our... Number six overall pick Jalen Waddle had himself a day. He makes the Fab Five. Number three. This is great. Number three. How about a player you might not have ever heard of? How about Paulson Adebo okay. from the Saints, who had an interception in a game that the Saints' defense absolutely confounded Green Bay's offense. Aaron Rodgers is the reigning MVP. He is a cow guy. So, what more fitting thing than a Stanford rookie, Paulson Adebo? taking it in his first career game and bringing it back 50 yards. You ask me, is that a rare, like, first career game picks off Aaron Rodgers? Surely there's not a list of people in the league have done that. Oh, I'm the coach. Let's bring it up. Here we go. Wow. Players with interceptions versus Aaron Rodgers in their NFL debut. This is a t- Fab Four right here. We've got Paulson Adebo. We've got Nazaire Jones, Eric Reed, and Nate Allen. Wow. Aaron Rodgers has been playing a long time in this That's league. That's your fab four, Paulson McCartney, I think. Those are my guys. That's <laughs> it right there. Um, number two on our list. Let's go to number two, and I'm going to go to a guy who we just had on the show who is going to light up the league this year. This is Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase had himself a day. He had 100 yards in his rookie debut, blowing kisses to the crowd. But who was number one? I'm going with Eli Mitchell. All right. Eli Mitchell, a player that not many of us knew. A sixth-round pick out of Louisiana. Not Louisiana State. Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Okay, sixth-round pick out of Louisiana. (laughs) Eli Mitchell goes for 104 yards in his first NFL game. You got Kyle. Here's a player who nobody was talking about in the summer. It was all about Trey Sermon and Mostert. Mostert goes down with the injury, and Eli Mitchell gets the bulk of the carries when Sermon was inactive. We've got our Fab Five here. I want to tell you this. After the game, Eli Mitchell posted on Instagram, it's no joke, I've got mouths to feed. Yes, he does. He's got two children. He is out there doing it for more than just himself. Eli Mitchell, a rookie out of Louisiana, is our number one on the Fab Five list. Guys, the Fabulous Five. Woo!
4: What do you got, Thomas? What do you think of this one? Rashawn Slater is going to be a first-team All-Pro.
6: First-team All-Pro out of the gate, as a rook
4: out the gate. When you when you have best left tackle in football. He started his first game against the best Mm D-line in football. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, across the board, Washington has the best D-line in football. I was with those guys last year. I know how hard they work. I know how hard they compete, and I know how good they are. And he did a tremendous job. Awesome. Praise, guys. Five. you're Mr. Television. You there's, are, there's no quarterbacks I, out there? No quarterbacks. No nine,
6: quarterbacks? 0 for 5. All the first-round oh, quarterbacks, none of the quarterbacks <laughs> starting. Really quickly, though, fabulous 5. We're going to try to bring it back every week. If you're a rookie, you want to be on this list. Uh-huh, Trust uh-huh. me. You want to be on this list. It's some name recognition. Pulson Adebo, I see you. Let's That's go. That's it.
3: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more official podcasts from the NFL, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget.